The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lipford here, along with my co-host, Joe Truini. And yes, you're at the right place for the most practical, realistic, most current home improvement information you'll find anywhere. We're absolutely going to have some fun this week. We do each and every week, and we appreciate you spending some of your busy weekend with us. A lot of things to cover in this first hour. We're going to talk about sealing bricks around a pool. It's a kind of a special process. You just can't put anything on there, especially especially with all of the elements that it'll face. So we'll talk about that. Also, tips on cooling a Florida room. There's always some unique challenges when you have that type of room. Also, some fence building tips. Um, That's one of those real big DIYer things. And a lot of times people uh, do very well at it. Sometimes they need a little help. We're going to give you a few basic tips on that. A lot of emails came in this week. We appreciate those. And Joe, I know you've got us another simple solution ready to go. I do indeed. And this one with the holidays coming up, I thought maybe I'd share a simple solution, how to remove candle wax from like tabletops or a desk or something like that. You know, during the holidays, a lot of people bring out the candles. And if you're not paying attention, they can drip all over the surface. And then what do you do? How do you remove that wax without damaging the piece? That can be quite a problem. Look forward to to seeing that solution. And and we want to hear from you. You know, no matter what you uh, have going on at your house, if you're having some challenges, can't figure it out, you're getting opinions from everybody and they just don't seem to be jiving, well, you need to contact us. You can send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or you can pick up the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and contact us through the Today's Homeowner hotline. That number is 800 946 4420. We're going to get to as many of those calls and emails as we possibly can during this week's show. We want to make sure we get that information to you in a timely manner and uh, certainly want to uh, share that with you as quickly as we can. Joe, I'll tell you, I've had uh, a little project going on here. It's kind of kind of secret, though. You know, it's a little kind of secret project I got going. You always say that, but it never ends up being a secret. I'm not sure <laughs> why. How that, Sharon is way too smart to let those things slip by. What, well, what is this secret well, that you're trying you, to keep? You know, I've had a few challenges with my father's old wooden boat. You know, his boat's uh, almost 60 years old. means That's a right. lot to me. I've spent yeah. a lot of my youth in that boat, having a big time catching a lot of fish. And and um, it's uh, had a few little issues. You've fished on it before. And, you know, and I have. That was I remember we took it out one day. Yeah? You know, fairly busy with the little um, a red Solo cup in the back, dipping out the water as we fished along there. <laughs> I, I didn't want us to have to swim back. So Yeah, when we, when we went out fishing. Danny had just spent weeks refurbishing this boat with new paint. He caulked everything. It was like in perfect condition. We went out and we had a great day of fishing. Sharon was with us and we were motoring back to the dock and bailing us <laughs> like crazy. Well, you know, I, I, you, know you hear this, the stories about the old wooden ships and how they always leaked until they got out and got the water and they swelled up. And so I was I was depending right. on That's that right. uh, th- a theory uh, to seal up whatever. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I mean, I fiberglass. The wood wasn't cooperating. But uh, recently I found a pretty significant amount of um, rot in the transom area of it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to put this uh-huh. in my workshop and just discreetly, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to go 
buy a piece of marine right. plywood, $120, sneak it in my wow. shop and do all of my bondoing and all of the different other things that we do. Do you have to fiberglass it too? Uh, well, I hadn't gotten to that yet, but I am going okay. to. So I got the piece in. I, I feel great. I mean, I feel like it's going to yeah. be good, but I'm, I'm just getting ahead of her intention, which is to put it up on blocks in the yard, put an old motor on it and make it a big <laughs> planter. She wants to, you oh, know. That's not your I, idea I, though, is I it? I think she's picking on me. I think she's trying yeah. to pick on me with that because we have someone not far from where I live that has that. And it's, it's, it's not what I would want in my yard, but it's kind of cool. You yeah. know, it's just kind of cool yeah. seeing a boat sitting out there with plants growing out of it. But Maybe she's just trying to avoid swimming swimming to shore next time you guys go fishing. <laughs> well, Maybe that's what she's trying to avoid. Well, I'm, I'm going to make sure this time. This is the last hurrah right here. If this doesn't work, you then, okay. then uh, I had another suggestion of someone talk, tell, talking about turning it into a table out by my grill. And oh. just have kind of, you know, cut sections of it and just make, you know, like right. make a unique. Um, Put a glass top on yeah, it or something exactly. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure I'll I'll do that. But it is a bit of a challenge, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one last stab at it and, uh, and and go ahead and put a fresh coat of paint on everything and, and just let it really dry very, very well. And then I'll slip it back in the water a couple of weeks from now yeah. and, and give it a try, you know. Good. Well, just to preserve it. I mean, your dad, you know, he built this thing from scratch. You grew up with mm -hmm. it. Here it is 60 years later. Yeah. And it's still, you know, it's still seaworthy or at least river. That's worthy. right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you've spent so much time on it. You don't want to give up on oh, it. Oh, I know it. I know it. So I'm going to give it one more try and I think I'll be able to to make it work. And if anyone's on the river and seeing me running up and down the river, you know, hooting and hollering, that means it worked. It all worked. <laughs> <laughs> if they see you swimming at a yeah, shore, you see me a little work. distressed. Uh, how about slipping out there and uh, give me a, give me a little quick toe and everything. But what about you, Joe? What do you, what do you have going around your house now that you've gotten all those windows replaced that you've been working on for several years. That that was quite an accomplishment. What What's on the list on the refrigerator now? Yeah, well, um, I'm in Connecticut. Danny's down in South Alabama, so he still has some great weather coming. Um, we're already turning cold. It's October, so it's turning cold. So I'm working on the outside of the house. I'm doing the last of the mowing. We had some granite steps put in, and I sealed all of those. Granite's amazingly porous, so I had to put two coats of sealer on there. And the reason you want to seal any outdoor surface is, especially if you live anywhere near Connecticut or someplace where it gets, turns cold, is when snow and rain gets in there and melt, the snow melts and then it freezes and expands. You can wind up cracking mortar joints and, you know, upsetting the stone. So it's really important to do this as soon as possible. So that's what I've been doing. Of course, you try to do that in between the rain. We've had so much rain. We've had the rainiest summer in memory. And even in the autumn, it's been raining. So I don't know if that means we're going to have a very snowy winter or a rainy winter. I, I'm not sure, but um, so I've been working outside, you know, I've been caulking, I've been fixing some of the siding um, around the window trim. I'm thinking of making shutters. Um, I've always wanted shutters on my house, but I wasn't able to do it because of the placement of the windows, but I've moved some around so now I can make shutters. Um, because buying shutters are incredibly expensive, but I'm not sure it's going to be cheaper to make them, but I'll find are, are out. You, but that's are you I'm thinking doing. about uh, painted shutters or stained shutters? No, I'm going to paint them. Paint them I black. Yeah. I wish I could. I wish I could put up white shutters because I could build the whole thing out of cellular PVC and it would never rot. But I don't know if I want to paint plastic. 
you know, yeah, sell, yeah. Sell you. Um, but that said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be out, I'm going to be moving indoors in another month probably or so. So I'm just trying to finish that up. We've had so much rain that our gravel driveway is kind of washed away in areas. So I have to put the gravel back. I spent half my life putting out gravel and pushing it back <laughs> <laughs> where it's supposed to be. I, I wonder um, if you sprinkled some of the polymeric sand in there that would lock that yeah, in just a little bit that, uh, I've seen that done quite a bit. You know, you don't put much on there. You just kind of right. filter it in there. And a lot of times it'll be just what it, that little bit of, let's say, glue that holds it together right. to keep it from washing away might be something to try. Yeah, I was going to pave the driveway, but for the cost of paving the driveway, I could have these granite stone steps and walkway built and porch. So I decided I'm going to put the money into that. Um, so maybe next year I'll just pave the driveway. It's been 30 years. It's about time. Get rid of the gravel and just pave it. There you go. Well, that would make a good foundation for anything that you might pave down there to yeah, leave, yeah. leave the gravel down. And uh, But, you know, uh, this time of the year, a lot of people do think about some of those simple facelifts to make their house look a little better for the holidays. And we have a lot of different ideas for you at todayshomeowner.com. You know, there's a lot of uh, simple things you can do to your kitchen to make it a lot better. There's a lot of refinishing kits that you can do, including um, the one that we tout a lot from uh, Deitch Coatings that can just completely change that obsolete countertop and really make it look like stone. And uh, that can go over no matter what you have on there. It can go over um, laminate or, you know, of course, commonly called Formica or just about anything. And that can certainly change. You're talking about a big change for less than $100. So right. those are yep. the kind of things. And of course, painting a room where, you know, most of your guests will be, making sure that front entryway looks really good, make sure the steps, you know, are nice and good shape and anti-skid uh, surface on them. You don't want anyone falling down. So there's a lot of things that you can do. But this week, we're going to talk about everything to do with the home and a lot of different things that we're going to be able to do. We've got emails. We've got a lot of um, callers coming in and uh, a few other little segments that we have set up for you. So I hope you'll sit back and relax and get ready because we've got a lot of today's homeowner radio to share with you. I'm Danny Lipford along with my buddy Joe Truini and you're listening to today's homeowner radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Just getting started this week, want to say a special hello to one of our stations in Battle Creek, Michigan, WBCK, and that's 95.3 FM. A special hello to everybody there. And Joe, what do you think about when you think about Battle Creek, Michigan? What does anybody think about cereal, right? I wonder if they're yeah. still the cereal capital of the country. I assume I they are. Know. Because like Kellogg's and Post, I think, used to be. Right, yeah. Probably still are located up there. Yeah. So hello to everybody in Battle Creek, including Captain Crunch. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I'm sure they appreciate being the cereal capital, but I bet there's a lot more to the town. I don't think, I, I think I rode through there one time on the way. Yeah, no, did you? Yeah. Uh, some, some going somewhere, but I didn't have a chance to, you know, soak up the culture around there. But a special yeah. hello to everybody there and everybody listening this week to today's Homeowner radio. I bet, I bet they have some dairies producing milk. Yeah, they better have some milk, better, ready right? milk supply. <laughs> hey, let's go right now to Pittsburgh, PA. Tony's on the line. Tony, welcome to the show, and uh, tell us what's going on around your house there. Yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I have, you know, an in-ground pool, and around it I have the uh, the brick tile. Uh -huh. And 
they every every season that you know, and you know they pop off, and I'm I'm resetting them every season. Every season I'm I'm resetting them, and I I don't know if I'm supposed to seal the grout because they're quarry tile, and they're they're pre-sealed, but the grout around it is mortar. And I'm wondering, right, right. should I be mm-hmm. should I be sealing that mortar? Is are they popping off because water's getting into that grout and it's freezing? Yeah, it's it's possible that's happening because grout uh, certainly is very absorbent, and so that water can funnel right down in there. A little layer of water under there, it freezes. Certainly, that will push them up without a doubt. And and really, even if it's not in an extreme cold climate, it's still good to seal all of that grout to keep the water out, to keep the stains out, and make it just look better longer. So um, I would I would look at really cleaning that surface really well. We recommend trisodium phosphate a lot. Uh, TSP, which is readily available, and just follow the instructions on the mixing of that. Clean it up real good. Make sure it's 100% dry. And then the type of sealer to use, first of all, it's got to handle the sun. Those UV rays, um, you don't want something to yellow on you. And I'll tell you what I would do, Tony. I would find where the professionals where they buy their materials and, um, I, you know, any, any place that sells bricks or tiles or ceramic, any of that. And I would go to those stores and say, hey, look, here's what I've got. Take a picture of it or something so that you can show them exactly what it is and see their recommendations. This is one case where I would not go to the home center and buy just a regular masonry sealer. I would go get a commercial grade one. You're going to pay a little bit more, but it performs so much better than some of the um, other masonry sealers. And uh, I think you won't you won't go wrong by finding out what the pros use and then use it very carefully. Um, you know, adhering to the instructions. Very helpful. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And and the other decision you'll have to make is whether or not it'll be glossy you know, or semi-gloss or flat. Um, I would not recommend high gloss by any means. Um, semi-gloss is used some, but not that much. A lot of times in brick situations like that, you generally would just use a, um, a satin or a flat uh, finish because uh, you really don't necessarily want it all to shine very much because that makes it a little more slick to walk on. Yeah, especially around the pool, you know, with the water. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony, yeah. if you have one of these brick tiles that have popped loose, I would take it with Danny's suggestion. Take it with you. Yeah, I do have some laying good. around. Yeah. When you go to find a masonry sealer, and it does, that absolutely has to be a sealer specifically designed for masonry products, meaning stone, brick, any concrete, anything like that, for exterior use, obviously. But if you bring that with you, they'll be able to look at it and say, okay, this has already been sealed. Maybe you don't have to reseal it. And then, you, then indeed, it's the, the uh, mortar between the bricks that's the problem. And that's great because you wouldn't have, obviously, you won't need as much sealer because you're only going to be, you know, get a brush and just do the, do the joints and I would do at least two coats of the you know the mortar joints between all of those bricks yeah because I was just going to rip off all the tile and just put a fresh coat of cement and and paint it but everybody in the no. oh, it looks yeah. it looks so nice with the brick so I put everything back on. I just want to make sure it stays on. Yeah, just tr- yeah. just try to try to save it if you can, and any, yeah. you know before you seal it, make sure if there's any others that are you know a little loose, go ahead and uh, get those back in place before you put the two coats, maybe even three coats of sealer on it, depending on how it looks after you get those two coats on. Yeah. 
Okay, that sounds good. Good, good, Tony. Well, well, best of luck on that. You might want to get a, get that taken care of before the, the cold uh, winds yeah. start uh, showing up in PA. But uh, we appreciate you uh, being a part of the show this week. Uh, okay, and I and I got to tell you, Danny, I enjoy the, the TV show. I watch it every week. Well, good. I appreciate that. We've had a lot of fun with it over the years, 25 yeah. years on national television. We've had a, a, a great, a great ride. And all those episodes are available, right, Danny? All 25 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The only the only thing uh, the only thing is I wish it was an hour instead of a half hour. <laughs> well, watch two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay, Tony. Thank thanks you. so much for being with us. I'll talk to you again. All right. Bye-bye. Always great. What a great uh, today's homeowner community we have. Oh, yeah. All of our TV and radio listeners and people that are discovering us uh, on our streaming channels, which you can check all of those out, almost 600 episodes that you can find by going to todayshomeowner.com slash stream. Um, also, we got a lot of emails this week, as we do. I want to go ahead and jump on a couple of those. And um, you're, you're welcome to send us an email uh, by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. That's what Kevin in Indiana did. And I would like to know the pros and cons of concrete epoxy flooring systems. There's many different companies who say they're the best, but what should I be <laughs> looking for to make the best decision? Well, you know, that's a great question, Kevin. And there, there are a lot of guys out there um, touting that they do have the best. Uh, fundamentally, they're pretty much um, all the same. Some are a little stronger in their stone uh uh, content and others are, um, you know, stronger in the type of epoxy they use. But uh, we always uh, recommend kind of hitting the middle of the road on that. Now, this depends on whether or not you're going to do it yourself. If you are going to do it yourself, I would recommend you check out Deitch Coatings. You can go to DeitchCoatings.com to uh, see all of the different products they have. And they've made it so do-it-yourself friendly that uh, it's just hard um, not to try to do it yourself. But Joe, this is one example. We always talk about preparation is the key to a oh, successful yeah. job. Um, I, I can't think of anything more important than getting that garage floor free of grease, free of anything you have there before you apply anything to it. Yeah, this might be the most important prep of any substance you might be putting down, any material, because you can imagine putting down a epoxy, which dries hard as a rock almost, and then having a problem with it. How do you get it up? It's not going to come up very easily. Um, so one of the, obviously you read the directions, and each manufacturer has different um, requirements, but they almost all say, if this floor has any moisture in it at all, even if it's seasonal, you know, you have to you have to solve that problem first. However, with sealing it or fixing, figuring out why water is getting under the slab, because you're going to, you know, it's going to work its way through this epoxy coating, um, which is relatively thin. So that that's one of the disadvantages. If you put this down and the surface isn't pr properly prepared, you know, it could delaminate from the surface and you have a problem. Um, and the other thing is, you know, it takes a bit of work to put it down, um, takes a you know, in some cases, a few days for it to dry. Um, so there's some disadvantage of using it. But the big advantage, of course, is once you put it down, it looks great, very easy to clean. You know, you don't have to worry about hot car tires or anything else staining it or oil. You know, it's if you get a really good one, epoxy floor, you know, it, it can take heavy equipment. It doesn't matter what you drive on it. So, you know, there's certain advantages. But like Danny said, the biggest thing is the prep. And so read that really carefully and follow it exactly as the manufacturers intend it to be done. 
And it might seem a bit odd to take a pressure washer inside your garage. You do have to, you know, be fairly careful with that, making sure you're not getting your walls uh, soaked too much. But that is always a great way to really get down into the pores of that concrete to make sure that whatever you put on it will stay there for a long, long time. And also another tip there is once that's done, don't be real anxious to drive on it. Go ahead and let it sit there for, they'll usually say a couple days. I'd go three or four days before you drive those hot tires on top of it. That'll make it last a whole lot longer. Hey, coming up, I'm going to tell you about a cool compact pruning chainsaw that just hit the market. And also we're going to check in with frequent flyer Pete, who's been a regular <laughs> on the show and always has some great questions. All that and a whole lot more coming up right here on today's Homeowner Radio. We'll be right back. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show, where it's time for our best new product segment brought to you by the Home Depot, how doers get more done. You know, finding the right tool for pruning trees can be a bit of a challenge because the tool needs to be small and lightweight, but also it needs to be able to handle those limbs of all sizes from very small to very large. So Ryobi has designed a great solution with their brand new 18-volt, one-plus compact brushless six-inch pruning chainsaw. Now, this saw cuts 40% faster thanks to the brushless motors, advanced electronics, and high-performance lithium technology. It can also make up to 21 cuts per charge when you use a 2-amp hour battery. Plus, the saw features toolless chain tension and oil-free design for the ultimate inconvenience. So for more information on this Ryobi OnePlus compact pruning chainsaw, log on to Home Depot. Dot com. Joe's about that time of the year to start thinking about any of the pruning. and uh, But don't get out there and start pruning trees without doing a little research because there is a bit of strategy behind that to make sure you're not introducing diseases into any of those plants. Right. So yep. um, you can find all of that information at todayshomeowner.com. Right now, we are uh, we have our friend Pete on the line. Uh, we call him Frequent Flyer Pete now. So, Pete, you, <laughs> you're, uh, you have your place in New Hampshire. You have your place in Florida. Where? Where are you today? I am in Florida. Good morning, right. gentlemen. How are you doing? We're great. Thank you. And so before you, you can't call me frequent flyer Pete because Monday morning I left at 7 o'clock from New Hampshire, and 25 hours later I hit Fort Myers. I drove straight. Wow. So I had about 600 pounds of tools in the back of the truck. That's right. Okay. I think we need to call him windshield Pete. <laughs> <laughs> On the road. What am I doing today? I, that, I sent you pictures of that room. The wind had blown under a roof during the hurricane, the big one. And uh, it water came in, so they took down. I say that water because I'm from New Hampshire. My car's in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> they took down all the walls. They took down everything, and they took it right down to insulation. So I, in the, I got studs and some wet insulation, and that's what I'm working with. So I got to rebuild that room before I do the walls. I'm going to do the ceiling too. I'm going to put a uh, vapor barrier, a couple more inches of uh, polyurethane up there. What do you call it? Ins- insulation, and then probably beadboard the ceiling. Okay. Now, I need your advice on how to finish that room off. I'd, I'd rather not use spackle. You haven't seen me spackle, but it's not a, <laughs> not a pretty thing. So you don't want to use drywall, is that what you're saying? Well, if I did, I was going to buy thin little strips and nail it and make it look like barn boy. <laughs> so I didn't have to use spackle. <laughs> 
Well, I, I'll tell you what a lot of people use, and I, I like it a lot, is the uh, beadboard or beaded board plywood yep. that's usually, you know, a quarter inch, three eighths, and you can get it smooth or you can get it um, with a texture on it. But uh, that always seems to look pretty good on, well, really walls and ceilings, but uh, certainly with a space like that, um, using it on the ceiling is a pretty good option, in my opinion. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do or thought about it anyway. Good. I'm glad you confirmed that. Thank you. And save yourself some time by going ahead and um, painting or staining it before you install it. Then after you install it, then all you need to do, uh, you know, overhead is just a few little touch-ups. Uh Excuse me, sir, but I like to paint about as much as you do. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my wife a ladder. There you go. Yeah, when, it, when in doubt, delegate it out. There you go. We're on the same page. He's the chumpy in our family. Perfect. Good. You got a backup plan. That's great. Hey, I got to tell you, I didn't mention it last time, but I wanted to say there's a guy there with you. He has more things that he can do with vinegar and water than anybody I've ever known. I know. Thank you, Pete. That Joe has a whole room full <laughs> right. of gallon jugs of vinegar and pool noodles. I just used it the other day. Oh, that's funny. And pool noodles. Yeah, that's right. Pool noodles and vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that ceiling would look great with a with with the beadboard like that. And you can use the same on the uh, the walls, or you could just use an, um, um, a, a good smooth plywood and then put batten strips over all of sure. the seams. That yeah. that has a good look. Oh, and that's a good idea too. And, yeah. and extremely durable. That that really holds up very well. You know, uh, a lot better than drywall. You know, if you bang into it a little bit here and there, but still a nice finished appearance, and it's not affected so much by um, by the hot or the cold and uh, you know fluctuation in temperatures. Is this room uh, air conditioned at all? Well, that's a funny story. I had to get inspected to get it insured and all that. And the inspector passed everything, he says, except the Florida room. By the way, I learned the difference between a Florida room and a lanai is just the windows. And he said, with that, you know, ceiling disconnect, roof disconnected there and the water came out, I really can't pass that. And I, I had already given him rave reviews, you know, the, the comment, kind of comments I put on your website. We've become pretty good friends. He said, let me go back over and take a look at it. He came in. He says the AC, all they did was close the, what's that, butterfly valve in the, in the vent, so it wasn't air-conditioned. And he said, hey, I can declare this a sunroom, so it's not part of the inspection. So basically, it's a patio with a roof on it, and I can pass the, the house. Well, I should say trailer, because I tell you what this really is. I'm supposed to say it's a double-wide trailer in a 55-plus double-wide community. But the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, it's a trailer and a trailer park for old people. So, <laughs> and I'm one of the old people. <laughs> so he said, I can pass it and you're going to come down. I already told him what I was going to do with the roof. I figured my materials are going to cost me about two grand. And I got a $2,800 estimate. No decision there. Send him up the ladder for a difference of $800. You bet. So That's he's right. coming next week, probably. Perfect. And he's not going to put as much uh, much insulation, styrofoam, as I would have, so I'll put it underneath in the room. But I love your beadboard. I want to do that. Now, I also like the plywood. Hmm. So the, I was going to tell you this. You said paint it or stain it. The beauty is they had to tear up the carpet, too. So I'm looking at a cement floor. This was built on a pad outside the trailer. Uh-huh. Excuse me, the double one. Right. And uh, <laughs> you say trailer here, and you're, it's blasphemy in this neighborhood. So uh, I can paint them right there on the floor. I spray paint them. There you go. Perfect. And don't forget to do the backside too, Pete. It's called back priming. It just keeps moisture from passing through from the back of the sheets. You guys ought to do this for a living. We're trying. (laughs) We're trying. (laughs) 
I missed the show, Danny. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, thank goodness it'll continue in all of our streaming platforms and we can stay out there and have a good time with it. Plus, I can have a little little time to do a little fishing and playing with those grandkids. Oh, I got five and I love it. Well, Pete, we always enjoy having you on the show and uh, hope uh, everything goes well there in Florida and all of that windshield time you're doing. But if we can help you anymore, if you want to chat sometime before the end of the year, uh, just give us a call anytime. So then you please tell Chelsea, I'm 0 for 3. She never showed up on the radio. I don't care how many grandchildren you've got. Thank you, gentlemen, for all your help. Thank you. Okay. Okay, luck, absolutely, Pete. Pete. You take care. All right, we're going to take a short break here on today's Home Under Radio. This is Danny Lipford along with my buddy Joe Truini. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Homeowner is brought to you by Wizard Screen Solutions. Find out more at wizardscreens.com. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. A lot of emails came in this week. We appreciate them. You can send us one at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This one came in from uh, Will in Shreveport, Louisiana. He said, we just bought a new house and I want a fence in my backyard. As I was getting prices on materials and tool rentals, I heard two different opinions on setting fence post. Joe, you know exactly where this thing's going. Oh, yeah. Here, I see so. where this is going. Yeah. All right. So one said, always mix the concrete in a wheelbarrow first and then pour it in the hole. The other said, just mix the concrete in the hole. Which is better? Well, which opinion is better depends on what kind of concrete mix you're using. We found this out over the years because most garden variety um, concrete mixes are not formulated to be mixed in the hole. So as a general rule, yes, you do need to mix it in the wheelbarrow because they won't deliver full strength if you try using them just by pouring them in the hole. But there is a mix that's made exactly for the kind of job you're doing, and it actually comes with an additional benefit. Boy, I've used a lot of quickrete fast-setting concrete mix in the red bag. It's designed to mix directly in the hole and still achieve full strength. You simply plumb the post in the hole, your fence post, pour in the dry mix all around the actual 4x4 four four or whatever you're using, and soak it with water. You know, the additional benefit here is that the concrete mix will set up in about 20 to 40 minutes, so the post position is locked in. In about four hours, you can actually begin construction so your project isn't delayed by drying time. And you can find out more about this, and a lot of people are discovering the red bag by checking it out at Quickrete. Dot com And, Joe, you, know, you and I have talked about that before, the old school mentality of, right, yeah. ah, you got to mix it. You just got to yeah. mix it. And so it took me a while to accept. We actually did a test. I mixed yeah. one, poured the poured the post. We poured the other one just with the dry mix and put the amount of water they recommend. Um, the next day, you could not tell any difference between the two. That, right. Uh, it, you know, we shook it and did our stress test and... Um, ran my truck into it a couple times. And- <laughs> well, you're bound to do that anyway. Yeah, but what Will said is, you know, they said, you know, whether you mix the concrete in the hole, you're not actually mixing it in a hole. That's, That's the right. whole thing of using That's the right. red bag. You're not literally mixing it. You're just dumping it in dry and pouring water on top. There is no mixing. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, but it is important, like you said, to, re- to deliver the full strength of the concrete. Make sure you're using the right concrete, in this case, the quick re- in the red bag. 
Let's go right to some emails here. And again, you can send us one today's homeowner.com slash ask. And, and on your emails, you can ask a question. You can make a comment. You can reflect a little bit here and there. You can give us a tip that has worked very, very well for you. That opportunity is yours just by going to today's homeowner.com slash ask. This is- you can say how much you miss Danny now that he's yeah. not on TV all the time. Oh, boy. I don't know. I don't know. It might get me all teary-eyed doing that. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, Gail from Ohio says, we just bought an 80-year-old craftsman-style home, and we're getting ready to repaint all of the rooms, including the trim around the windows and doors. The rooms have the original paint, which we think is oil-based. I heard that you shouldn't apply water-based latex over old oil-based paint. Is that true? And if so, uh, can you tell me what I can do to get paint on this oil-based trim? Um, very common problem in a uh, Joe, um, you know, of course, uh, always starts with a little cleaning and sanding, but then the right. next, the next step is what's so important. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, the, the simple test. We haven't talked about this in a while, Danny, but the simple test to tell if it's water-based or oil-based is you just take a white cotton cloth. And I always recommend white cotton because you might, you know, you don't want the color of the cloth coming off, but you just dampen it with denatured alcohol, which you can get at any hardware store or home center. Then just rub the painted surface. If the paint color comes off onto the rag, then it's latex paint. If it doesn't, then it's oil-based paint. So that's, that's a simple way for Gail to tell if it's oil or latex. Um, but if it's, if it is oil-based, you should prime it with a primer that's recommended to go over oil and then put on the latex. I would not recommend, sometimes you can get away with it. The latex paints these days, Danny, are amazingly, you know, durable, but Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to paint the room and then find out a month later it's peeling off because it can't adhere to the oil. So I would use the correct primer, first test it, use the correct primer. If you find out that it is water-based, excuse me, yeah, water-based or latex paint, then you can just clean it really well and go right over it. Assuming you're not changing the color, you wouldn't need to prime it first. Exactly. And and um, don't don't underestimate the how important it is to do that light sanding, because I tell people that you're not trying to smooth the wood. It's really just trying to clean the wood and get any of that gloss off of it. Uh, that way, uh, once you wipe it down with a tack rag, which is nothing more than a rag with a little bit of either mineral spirits or water on it, and make sure it's dry before you apply the paint. Because uh, again, like Joe said, you don't want to spend a lot of time and then a couple months later, you're saying, wait a minute, something's peeling off. Because once it starts peeling, it's going to peel a lot. So there's a lot of great tips on todayshomeowner.com, particularly about painting that we've shared with you over the years. And it's there for you anytime to check it out to make sure you get the professional results you're looking for. And there's a lot of ways that you can save time with some of the tips that we have online. Hey, you're listening to Today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Duck Brand Weatherization Products. And it's simple solution time here on today's Homeowner Radio. Joe has yet another great way that you can solve some common problems around your house without breaking the bank or spending all day. So with that set up, Joe, it's all yours. 
Thank you, Danny. Yeah, this common problem is when candle wax melts and drips onto any wooden surface, could be a table, the floor, countertop that might have some wood on it. So, And especially this time of year, a lot of people are putting out candles for the holidays. So here's how to remove the, the wax without damaging the surface. I mean, because that, that's the key thing, right? How do you get it off and not have it create another problem with the wood surface? So what we're going to do is take a plastic Ziploc bag, you know, a gallon-sized bag, and fill it with ice cubes. Then set it on top of the wax spill, wherever this wax is spilled on. Put it, because what we want to do is get that as cold as possible. So you want to wait maybe five or ten minutes for the wax to harden underneath this bag of ice. Then use a putty knife or even a kitchen spatula, but you want to make sure it's plastic. Do not use metal. No matter how careful you are, I can almost guarantee you. I've seen people use butter knives, you know, anything like because you don't want it because you can scratch it. But if you use a, a plastic putty knife, you just hit it pretty hard, and you'll see it'll pop right off and leave almost no residue behind. If there's any residue, you can buff it off with a cloth, a, a terry cloth, like an old towel or something like that. So that's how to get wax off by almost freezing it first, and then popping it off with a plastic putty knife. Another great simple solution. And, uh, you know, with the holidays coming up, you need a lot of candles yeah. all over the place. Please be careful Absolutely. with candles. There's Never always some them. bad stories that we hear about about that and uh because it's easy to forget them and that kind of thing uh uh, we actually had a a candle that we um, lit in one of the uh, little guest bathrooms and she had it sitting on the granite countertop or might be marble countertop and it was left on and uh, later that night blew it out and then didn't realize until the next day we moved it it actually had kind of scorched underneath it a little bit uh it wasn't too bad we were able to um you know kind of create a little poultice as we do and kind of work it a little bit and and uh kind of dull it a little bit but those are things you just have to be careful and aware when you have any candles um anywhere um well joe i'll tell you we have gotten all kinds of great emails um you know we've gotten really over a thousand emails after we had announced that we were um shutting down this television show which has already concluded its broadcast and of course the radio show show goes to the end of the year, but every now, I can't read all of those, but every now and then I, I see one here. I want to read you a couple of them here. It says, um, hi, so many times you Google something and nothing comes up that even matches what you're looking for. I wanted to see someone putting foam baccarat into a gap at the top of an indoor window. And you did exactly that. And I tremendously appreciate it. Just wanted to say thank you so much. You were quick and to the point and it didn't take you 14 minutes to explain everything. <laughs> that I appreciate too. Thank you, Diane. So we, we know exactly what you're talking about. A lot of times these, you know, people that are on, um, you know, YouTube and TikTok and all right. of these things, uh, they just are trying to be entertainers when you're not there to be right. entertained. You're be there to be educated. So get to the point. I like that part of it. Here, Here's another one. I guess there's a on some of our television um, spots, there's another show that's on. I don't know what which show they're talking about here, but it says, I used to get up on five o'clock on Saturday morning to watch today's homeowner at 530. Last Saturday, there was an extremely irritating show about unrealistic renovations. I really miss you guys and your practical approach to home improvement. I just wanted you to know that. Sincerely, Sherry. So How great we've is got that? a lot of yeah. great people. That is a really nice. I hate that they're having a bad experience on whatever show that might be, but maybe it'll grow on them and make them, um, you know, appreciate it even more. But the main thing is we have almost 600 episodes of Today's Homeowner waiting on you right now. And the best way to do that. We are, there's so many different um, streaming apps out there, and we're 
on a lot of them. And all you need to do is go to todayshomeowner.com slash stream to find out exactly where you can continue watching Today's Homeowner. We know a lot of people that have gone back and started looking at some of the earlier shows and have just really gotten hooked uh, because there's a lot of good shows that we did in years past like that. Well, that's going to pretty much wrap up this first hour of today's Homeowner Radio. So glad you were able to spend some time with Joe and I and hope we'll be able to get you back for a little more today's Homeowner Radio. 